0: Newsbreak Podcast.
1: 62-year-old Judge Jody Colopan grew up in Marabastad, north of Pretoria. He describes his birthplace as a glorified slum. His mother took part in the 1956 Women's March and was twice arrested for her involvement in the passive resistance movement in the 1950s. This inspired him as a young boy to serve as a kind of paralegal in his Marabasad community, which led him to eventually pursuing his legal studies at a later stage.
0: Well, my mum was jailed uh, before she became my mum, so she was jailed twice during the passive resistance campaign, and during those years it was it would have been in the mid forties a women from what was called then Transvaal organized themselves were transported across the then border to, to Natal, as it was then called, and protested, I think it was in Amgeni Road. It was really protest against the, the government of the day, and she was arrested on two occasions. But even the stories she tells about being in jail were inspiring. Uh, older women like Mrs. Amina Pahad, late mother of of Ben uh, Pahad, who would have been the kind of elder in the group. But one grew up in an environment where exposed, not directly, I mean, she wouldn't sort of make political speeches at all, but just through looking at her conduct and her actions, and I suppose that's the best way you learn. You learn not what others tell you, but you learn from what you observe them doing. One observed in her sense of justice, her sense of been willing to stand on principle
1: and fight. Justice Kolopan describes the system of segregation that occurred in South Africa between the dates of 1948 and 1994 as horrendous. He says the gravest injustices perpetrated by the whites were seizing land belonging to black South Africans and selling it to the whites, for a fraction of its value.
0: For me, it's been a remarkable journey and a, and a very fortunate journey for me because, in one's upbringing and despite the challenges one's parents faced, you were able to receive a very really good education, even from a state school and even from a school that was cast in the dire of apartheid, because of the diligence of our teachers and their great passion to, to want to make a difference in our lives. So, we, we received a very really good education. In my primary school, in the as well as in my high school at, at Lodium, where we moved in 1968 as a result of the group we Act. And then after passing the trick, one was obviously forced to attend the University of durban westville which is a wonderful place to be in socially. To many yes. people in my position. We, we continued and we persevered. I was able to complete my law degree with it. And then did my articles in Pretoria and started my own practice in 1981.
1: He says that the lack of knowledge and human rights which existed amongst communities in South Africa at the time motivated him to persevere in his vocation.
0: When well, I looked at my mum's life and the kind of injustice that characterised our life, I suppose at that time you romantically came to the view that uh, you could cure the problems of your society through the law uh, and through the law you could, you could achieve justice. Um, perhaps it was a naive view uh, because the, the political forces of the day controlled the law and determined its content and determined what judges would do.
1: Now, prior to his appointment as a judge, he served as the chairperson of the South African Human Rights Commission. Justice Kalapan previously practised as an attorney and joined the organisation Lawyers for Human Rights, where he coordinated the Release of Political Prisoners programme.
0: During those days, I worked and I had the privilege of working very closely with Mrs. Prasarajana, who was probably one of the most renowned, dealt with political cases. And so one of the most memorable cases that stick in my mind was the case by Dr. Variava and others against the Medical and Dental Council relating to their failure to discipline the doctors who treated Steve Biko. I had the privilege of working with sort of legal giants like Sidney Kentridge and the late Ishmael Mohammed. So as a young lawyer, just watching these legal giants in action was was fascinating, and you sort of set their open mind, just learning and imbibing. I also had the opportunity to work in cases involving the Delmas Treason Trial, the uh, Sharple 6 cases. They were largely cases of a political nature at the time, and it really shaped one and tuned one's uh,
1: legal skills. Justice Kolopan also played a pivotal role in South Africa's transition towards democracy and the drafting of key laws enshrined in the Constitution.
0: The organisation Lawyers for Human Rights uh, provided assistance then to the ANC, a project that would require what laws would need to be reformed. I also headed up what was called the Political Prisoner Release Program. You will recall at the time, then the apartheid government and the liberation movements reached an agreement for the release of political prisoners, but there had to be a particular administrative process. I traveled the length and breadth of the country with a colleague, um, getting people to complete forms to ensure that we were able to make out a case that they were in prison for politically motivated crimes and then ensuring that they were released because the release of political prisoners was a precondition. And then President Mandela appointed me to be on the interviewing panel to interview members of the Truth Commission, commissioners for the Truth Commission, so Archbishop Tutu, the late uh, Alex Buray and others, or had to be interviewed by a committee on which I set.
1: Justice Kolopan says the country is characterized by poverty and massive inequality to an extent where South Africa is described as one of the most unequal societies in the world.
0: So in many ways we're a deeply damaged society, I think. And so we we have this wonderful legal framework that I don't think will necessarily fix the society. We need other processes that will understand the psyche of the nation. So that remains a big challenge for us because as a lawyer and as a judge, one can see the wonderful laws that we have. But when you, when you do your work on the ground and you see the damage that is caused in society and you realize that, okay, sending someone to, to prison for life for, for, for raping a child. He's not going to stop his scourge of rape.
1: He encourages the youth passionate about law to rise above all challenges and pursue in their dream of becoming influencers in the profession with the goal of transforming the country's legal system.
0: You know, more so today than uh, when I was young, know, anything is possible. I, I came from a very working class background. My dad was a waiter, my mother worked in a clothing factory, and so today it's, it's wonderful that have been able to become a judge. And I think through resilience, in part, through belief in what you do. I think the South Africa of 2019 offers wonderful opportunities for young people if they're passionate about what they want to do, if they put their heart and mind into it, and if they're willing to work hard. The financial reward may come, but that ultimately is not what brings you to great joy in your, in your life. Joy in your life comes when, you, when you're able to do a piece of work that is meaningful, and that can perhaps make a difference in your society.